The Last of Us on HBO Max is an absolutely fantastic show. Today we're going to talk about the characters, the casting, the atmosphere, and the overall production value. Uh, spoilers ahead for episodes 1 through 3. First we'll talk about the casting and characters. Now I think they nailed the casting here. I have seen these really brain-dead takes that Bella Ramsey wasn't a good casting choice for Ellie because they don't look like the game character, and to that I say, get over it. Uh, Bella does a fantastic job as Ellie, and embodies the spirit of her in every way, shape, and form. Can you imagine being 14 in a post-apocalyptic world filled with zombies under martial law? Ellie doesn't get a normal childhood. No one does in this world. And there are things that she's never gotten to see before that we may take for granted. She has this witty, obscene humor about her and wears this really hard mask because that's the world that she's grown up in. But then we have scenes like this, where we get to see the flip side. We get to see some of the kid coming out. Ding, ding. Yes, sir, I would like your finest sweet, please. Yes, ma'am. Would you like me to check your luggage? Yes, ma'am. Right away, ma'am. You're a weird kid. You're a weird kid. I'm sorry. Ellie is acting like a kid, like she should be able to. Then the harsh reality of the world that they live in rears its ugly head in the form of this skeleton. Someone died here. Many people have. And I think Bella does a great job of walking that line of impersonation and interpretation. They embody the spirit of Ellie, but make the role their own in a way that I really appreciate. Next we got Daddy Pedro. What can I even say that hasn't already been said? Pedro Pascal knocks it out of the park as Joel. In episode 1, he basically plays two different people, and I mean that as really high praise. In the opening of the episode, we see Joel in his day-to-day. -day. He works hard, he forgets to buy birthday cakes and pancake mix, and is no doubt under a lot of stress trying to raise Sarah, his daughter, alone. But he smiles, he jokes, he likes cheesy action flicks, and all in all, he's a good father. After Sarah dies, though, Joel is a shell of a man. Every day is pain pills, alcohol, and taking whatever grimy assignment that pays the most in the QZ. This world that they live in without his daughter, with zombies, under martial law, without humanity, has made him cold. He loves his brother, and he cares for Tess, but beyond that, what else does he have? You can see it clear as day in this scene. The last 20 years have been hard on Joel. Sarah's death haunts him every single night. So seeing this little boy and throwing his body into the fire, well, it's just another day at the office. Joel is surviving, but that's it. Pedro Pascal does a truly amazing job of embodying Joel's hopelessness 
and we'll get into that a bit more in our next point. So heavy spoilers for episode two ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about Anna Torv, who plays Tess. Now, if you haven't listened to the Last of Us podcast, I highly suggest you do. In episode two of the podcast, executive producers Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann talk a bit more about Tess and her backstory that they wrote but never shot. So Tess had a husband and a son, but they got infected. She killed her husband, but she couldn't bring herself to do the same to her son. So she locked him in the basement, where presumably he still is. Anna Torv truly embodies the essence of a person who is haunted by the acts that she's had to commit to survive. But despite life in this quarantine zone, losing her family and dealing with the guilt of her past actions, when she learns that Ellie just might be immune, she is somehow still able to have hope. That's what sets her apart from Joel. Joel doesn't want to be reminded of the old world. He's been burned and disappointed by too many things in the last 20 years to hold out any hope. But not Tess. She wants to believe that someday the clickers will be gone. That surviving can stop and actually living again can begin. She wants to believe that all of the sacrifices she's made, that everyone has made, will be worth it. This scene is some of the best acting I've seen in a long time. Remember, Tess knows that she is going to die, but she still has hope. Oops. Hi. Take your bandage off. Anator's delivery of the lines is fantastic. She has this desperate, almost manic tone in her voice that really makes you feel the fact that she knows that she's doomed, but she still has hope. The tremors in her hands and how she grabs her leg to stop them. The little things like this is what sets good and great acting apart. We only get to see Tess in present day for two episodes, but I can guarantee that Anna's performance will stick with us for far longer than that. Nick Offerman as Bill, Nico Parker as Sarah, and Murray Bartlett as Frank were absolutely wonderful. Gabriel Luna as Tommy has been great so far, though admittedly we haven't gotten to see much of him yet, but the casting decisions were spot on. I, and no doubt most people watching the show, couldn't be happier with the choices made. Now we'll talk a bit about the atmosphere. So something The Last of Us does really well is expressing the atmosphere of a post-apocalyptic America, and it does a truly fantastic job in capturing tension and making you feel a part of the narrative. 
One of the challenges in adapting a video game into a TV show or movie is establishing that connection with the audience. When we're playing video games, we have direct input and control into how things play out. There's an inherent connection there because we have to make decisions, then we have to physically input those decisions. With a show or a movie, we're passive observers. We can't affect the outcome at all, we're just there for the ride. So when a show can suck you in and make you feel like you're a part of the story, like you're in the world with the characters, that's a huge accomplishment. The Last of Us does this really, really well. Watch this scene from episode two as an example. If you've ever played hide-and-seek, especially in the dark, you know that little breath-catching, anxiety-ridden moment when you can hear the Seeker right outside of where you're hiding. Now imagine the Seeker is a bloodthirsty fungus zombie with super hearing that wants to kill and infect you. That scene does such a good job of projecting the anxiety that Joel must be feeling onto the viewer. The choice to pan the camera to Joel and to cut the clicker out of the scene puts us directly in his shoes. We can't see it, he can't see it, but we can hear it and Joel can hear it. It's getting closer with every step, with every click, the anxiety rises. They pulled off this scene so well, but even outside of specific scenes, the general feel of the world personifies how 20 years of this plague has impacted the world. The streets are empty, Nature has already begun to take over skyscrapers and highways. There aren't hordes of zombies running around the city until provoked, and people typically aren't choosing to leave the quarantine zones, so the world is just empty. The show lets these long moments of silence play out within the world, allowing us to feel just how quiet everything is. In our daily lives, there's always noise. The TV is on. Cars drive by. There's always some kind of ambient noise filling the air. So hearing nothing when walking around this massive city is strange to us. It's a great juxtaposition to what we're familiar with in today's world. Now, the effectiveness of the world and the way it makes us feel is certainly aided by the production value. We'll briefly talk about the sound design, CGI, and the props and makeup before wrapping this video up. First, we'll talk about the sound design. So I watched The Last of Us with headphones on. And what an experience. In the same scene I played earlier of Joel hiding behind the pillar, watching it with headphones or on a surround sound gives you this really strong directional audio, and it adds a whole nother layer of tension to this scene. On top of that, the dialogue and ambient noise when it's used is incredibly crisp. This will of course vary based on your headphones, your speakers, your TV, whatever it is, but there are times in other projects, and I'm not calling anyone out directly, it's not super common, 
but there are times in other projects when I sometimes struggle to make out certain words or dialogue will be a bit muddy. But never has this happened in the show so far. And I bring this up as a testament to the level of care that's been put into the show. You can have the best story, the best actors, the best characters, but if the package that you wrap all of that into is low quality, it can really detract from the experience. It doesn't make it bad. You don't have to have great CGI and all that stuff to have a good movie. That's not what I'm saying. But if you have something that's really great and then you put it in a crappy package with a really ugly bow, then it's not as great of an experience as it could have been. And luckily, that is not the case with The Last of Us. Next, I'm going to wrap the CGI, the makeup, and the props uh, all into one point. Mainly because at the time of writing, we haven't seen a ton of CGI beyond using it for like the cityscape and stuff like that. And they look fantastic, let me say that. But the level of quality and the prosthetics of the clickers is honestly mind-blowing. One of the showrunners, Craig Mazin, he said, If you go into a CGI characterization right off the bat, it just starts to feel like it's not there. So we really wanted to find prosthetics to actually turn somebody into a clicker. We found great performers who can move like clickers and even sound like clickers. End quote. Now, this has paid off in spades. These prosthetic effects deserve all of the praise they're getting and contribute so heavily to the atmosphere of the show. With all that being said, we're going to go ahead and end it here. So I love The Last of Us. It's a really, really good video game adaptation, even if it wasn't based on The Last of Us video game it would still be a great show. But how are you feeling about it? Tell me in the comments. I will be doing another video like this for upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. Subscribe if you're new. I'm the Mustachioed Gamer. Thanks for watching. Peace.